This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from July the 12th, 1994. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. And our good friend from ECW, Mr. Chad Austin. Just don't call me a monkey boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming up. (laughs) I don't want to be a monkey boy. I'm not a monkey boy, anybody. That word was definitely overused in this episode of ECW. As we're heading toward the July 16th show, which is going to be Heat Wave, which we will be doing next time around, because that is on the Peacock. I think, actually, I may even see if there's a YouTube version so we don't have to see the Peacock, hear the Peacock music. That being said, um, the beginning of this show this week, if you didn't see last week's show, you didn't have to, because they pretty much played most of it. If you didn't (laughs) see last year's show, oh my God, I mean, enough. Enough, dude. I know. Every single week we do this, and we always goof and call it, oh, it's recap champions. They're recapping their whole entire existence. <laughs> yeah, they recap. Well, recap re- the recaps. <laughs> dude, they, they, they're like Andy recaps. Like there's <laughs> hot fries, and then there's hot refries. You got the cheddars. There's cheddars in there, too, the cheddar fries. It's fantastic, but not really. <laughs> but yeah, they did. They they at the beginning of the show probably. If anybody's watching along, you can fast forward through the first six to eight minutes of the show because it was all footage from last week and the week before from Hostile City Showdown. What do you mean? Fast forward the first? What did you say? Eight minutes? I think it was about eight minutes. The first eight minutes. Well, you could have fast forwarded the the first thirty eight minutes. I mean, was there anything new? On the, I mean, I, I mean, I always show you my notes, you know, mm-hmm. and I try to take copious amounts of notes, you know. I want to, I want to, but when I write the word recap fifteen times <laughs> on a piece of paper, just, I, I mean, how does company, how does company survive? I don't. Aaron even said before we started recording, he didn't even have many jokes this week. Yeah, I'm not going to recap my joke from last week. Oh, well, that's okay, because the, the Pitbull is going to wrestle. The show starts out with a matchup between Taz and Jimmy Snuka, or I guess the Tasmaniac, as he is still called, and as we're, as we're going on here. And Joey Styles is back on commentary, which I guess is a positive oh, wow. to, get, to get rid of Willie. You can go back to Jiffy Lube, where the fuck... Go away. <laughs> Back to his dad's ranch. Hang out with Joel. Yeah. Well, his dad's got a if his dad's got a ranch, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, well, Bill Watts. I'm, I'm assuming Bill Watts has a ranch. He's out there with Joel and Eric. They're bringing in the herd. Well, I don't. I don't think Bill Watts has a black son. So, <laughs> I mean, you can you can insinuate all you want about 
Yeah, but I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's happening. All right. <laughs> well, Taz and Snuka essentially do nothing here most of the time. Um, Hunter Q's still around in, t- in Snuka's corner. A um, lot of staring at each other. Um, I just, again, I don't have a lot of notes on this. I did note that uh, I think we're headed toward, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, Taz changing his personality some because Joey's even hinting here Taz is looking more human as during his commentary. As opposed to? As opposed to Cro-Magnon, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean... I mean the guy the guy has enough the guy has enough um wherewithal that he knows how to put the right leg in the right, you know, pants, you know, thing. And he can pull up his singlet. And he can get a ride to the venue. So therefore you would think the guy has some sort of sense. Some sort of humanity, yeah. <laughs> uh, he can drive. He can do all those things. I don't know. I don't think so, apparently. That, that's not what they're going to have you believe. No, we're supposed to believe he's like a, fro- a, a, what a, a, a thought-out caveman or something. But mongoloid. My, a mongoloid, yes. Mongoloid? <laughs> Taz Mongoloid. What are you... Are you you don't you don't know my neighbors? You can't say that. You don't know them. You never met them. The, the again, they didn't do anything in this match really. Um, the finish was <laughs> Hunter Q pulls the ropes down, thinking that he's going to have uh, Taz go over the ropes, and instead it's Snuka that he pulls the ropes on. Um, and then such a weird thing here because you have here we go with Monkey Boy. Um, Hunter Q berating Jimmy Snuka, continually calling him Monkey Boy, with Taz interfering with that. And then the Pitbulls come out to attack Taz, and Snuka and Hunter Q just dip that and walk out together. Like, their their fight doesn't even continue. I like how you said that. They come out to attack Taz. Yeah, yeah, they they did all right. I mean, they they attacked the shit out of Taz. I mean, I, I can't remember any the last time anybody did that kind of number on Taz. You mean like the recap they showed us uh, first thing on the show, dude? Jesus that whole. I mean, when there's two guys beating up one guy and the guy's on the ground and then all the two guys are doing is just continuously just delivering like forearms to the back, mm-hmm. you know, I just like enough, dude, that's, that's terrible. It, it looks pathetic. It makes you look pathetic. But I mean, at that time, at the time you don't realize that. Right. Right. But it looks awful. You just smacking on a guy and the guy's in a fucking turtle shell position. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he just beating them. I was surprised to see Hunter Q, but then I realized I think I know why Jake or uh, Jimmy Snick always had like a Hunter Q or a Metal Maniac with him. I think I figured it out. I think it's because if he ever felt the urge to kill again, he would have somebody to pin on. Like he'd be like, I didn't do it. It was but the Metal Maniac. It was the Metal Maniac, where Hunter Q did it. Well, that's not a bad idea. Don't you accuse me of murder, Monkey Boy? Monkey <laughs> Boy. So yeah, that's what I think it was. But this was horrible all the way around. Just cat, just just bad. They did nothing. Nothing really happened, and it was just weird. And like, why was Rebel out there? It's like, what the fuck is going on? 
Well, I mean, why why wouldn't Rebel be out there? I have no idea. I mean, what else are they going to do with him? Well, they're going to fight you later. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can only air me and him so many times. <laughs> well, then Snooka, Snooka appears to be trying to go and help Taz against the Pitbulls, and Hunter Q gets him to leave. Like I said, I love how they had their dissension, and then like 15 seconds later, they're just back to the manager-apprentice um, uh, relationship there. Was that a was that a step or a gigantic stool that Taz had in the ring? <laughs> Did you notice that? I don't know, but he he definitely he definitely wasn't doing any painting in my living room with that fucking whatever it was that he got in the that he stepped um, on. It's like entire, Jesus Christ, that thing looks fucking heavy. <laughs> the entire segment's a gigantic stool. Oh, good night. Hey, there you go, right there. <laughs> Well, moving on from that segment to the next one, the Sandman now yeah. faces ECW TV champion Mikey Whipwreck. Now, a question that I had for you guys, did were those chants, when the Sandman sucks and the Mikey chants, were those put in there because I didn't see anybody chanting? Yeah, uh, I think I, I made a note of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> About that, I was just like, Wow, Sandman's kind of over with the fucking spirits. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm like everybody. It looks like uh, when they used to uh, chime in the Goldberg chants when no one's chanting Goldberg, and like, yeah, I don't, and I don't know if ECW would have done that at the time because I've never seen the original broadcast, or if WWE did it, and if WWE did it, why did WWE feel the need to do that? Yeah, that was yeah, that that was something. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I agree. I totally agree with you, man. I totally agree. I feel the same way. It was just like, w- there's nobody chanting. I mean, like, you know, it's not like the Tonka was coming out. All right. This match was, was what it was. It was, uh, it was a way to keep Mikey with his underdog character going and to continue the never ending saga between Tommy Cairo and the Sandman. As um, the trailer park turns. Oh, it's, it's coming to an end. An abrupt end. Yeah, it's coming to an end. <laughs> the tornado is about to hit the park. So, so what do you think? Do you think the at the end of the day, does Tommy Cairo pay his bill? He gets evicted. <laughs> I know oh, he got one. evicted <laughs> from the entire promotion. <laughs> uh, so he's a, he was a, he was a freeloader and he couldn't pay his bill. <laughs> What a deadbeat that Tommy Cairo. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Paul Heyman's like, he's my kind of guy. Tommy yeah. <laughs> so I'm so I'm not gonna pay him or book him again. He's trying to steal my gimmick. I'm the free litter that doesn't pay his bills around here. <laughs> That's right. Ma <laughs> When's dinner? Aaron, you have any notes on this matchup? I know Sandman, that one flying elbow was pretty sloppy. That first one. A lot of it was pretty sloppy. Um, I just Sandman took or uh, Mikey takes a hell of an ass kicking. Um, and you ain't kidding, Mikey took a hell of an ass kicking, man. Like, I, I <laughs> you feel like even though you know it's not real, you still feel the sympathy for Mikey because he just had there every week getting it fucking handed to him. Um, and then um, Cairo came out and hit Sandman off the top rope with Kane, and the ref didn't mm. see it. But then he saw him hit Mikey, so he disqualified the Sandman. And Mikey is still television champion. 
heading into Dude, a conference. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. As much as as much as I'm not a Mikey fan, like me and Mikey aren't like the best of friends or anything. And I do like Mikey, and I think mean, we can kind of like coincide, but you know what I mean. But we're not like going to go out and have lunch together or anything. Hmm. That poor guy, Jesus, whiz, man, that guy got his ass whipped week in and week out <laughs> severely, and, and it almost makes me feel it. It almost makes me fear, like. I should have been that guy, you know, because that, that would have been me had I not did what I did, but you know, Mm -hmm. fuck, I could have been Mikey, but I don't want to do that. My my mom would have told me to quit a long time ago. But I, and, and like I've said on the show before, I think that before he came along, it felt like that was what was going to be. This was going to be you, I guess is what I'm trying to say without, you know, without tripping over my tongue. But, um, and then, he came along and, and they decided to roll with him in the gimmick, I guess, uh, which is why they're promoting a match between Chad and Mikey at Heat Wave for the ECW TV Championship. Hey, that match, I mean, I got to tell you, man, that match was 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 a lot was a lot more over in hindsight than you guys probably think it was. Um not not putting me and Mikey over because me and Mikey didn't know fucking shit from Shinola as far as, you know, like what we were doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, when we got done, we got a lot of praise from a lot of people about that was pretty good. And Meltzer was even in attendance for that. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. And he gave us three and three quarter stars. Well, and you guys are both <clears throat> at this time. Anyway, you guys are both over with the, with the arena crowd too. It seems like, you know, I don't, I don't hear anybody, you know, or I don't see anybody having a negative reaction to either one of you. Yeah, but it was like we were over with like a quarter of the ECW crowd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like it was like a quarter of the crowd didn't like me, but because most of them knew who I was anyway from hanging out at a hotel bar anyway, and a quarter of them knew Mikey from what they were doing. So you know, it mm-hmm. all kind of like. It all kind of like, oh, it's Chad and Mikey. It's our two little buddies, right? And, and it kind of, it kind of hurt us at the end, you know, because I, I totally think that um, the match we had at the arena, I think was was really, really, really good. But I think the match we had the next night was better because me and Mikey never had touched before. Okay, <clears throat> so and that. The, the second night was like in on the boardwalk in like Jersey or whatever. And I yeah, thought they, we had a better match, but nobody the, saw it. At the end of this episode, they actually met, even mentioned that um, the New Jersey show because they talk about Saturday night is the ECW arena, and then they say and and Sunday in Jersey, and they show the uh, and of course they in the WWE network they block out the phone number or whatever. But so that was uh, and that one probably isn't wasn't recorded. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have no idea. The next segment we have here is long and dumb. I tell you, what's long and dumb is the fact that my wife just fucking put on the goddamn AEW pay per view and it said that it was like one hundred and thirty nine, fifty nine, seventy five, and three installments. What the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> How the hell am I gonna watch this goddamn show? I'm just not letting me record it either. And, and she's saying that you can't even record it. 
Well, they said you could get it on Slang, so I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. And they want 50 bucks for it. And you know what they said? They were like, 50 bucks, but it's the only time you can watch it. Mm. Yeah, like so right like, now. Well, now I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I figure, I, I figure I'd go upstairs, take a nap, wake up, put the show on, start it from the beginning. No, no, I was saying, no, you're watching it from right now. And then I don't give a shit whether you like him or not. You're going to watch Bobby Fish and you're going to like it. Because that's apparently what it is. Well, thanks a lot, AEW. Maybe if they get this this deal with HBO Max, it'll be like then the pay per views will just be on there. Or they can get a they can get a deal with the fucking Animal Planet because they got Bobby Fish. <laughs> because apparently they they don't mind throwing his fucking I don't know what the fuck I'm doing ass out there. Only thing I know how to do is grow a mustache. <laughs> a weird one at that. Yeah, like I work at Pappy's. You still got that dinosaur, right? He's an animal. Is it? So there's a couple of animals on there. You got a fish and a dinosaur. Yeah, but, but at least the dinosaur is, is like, he looks legitimate. I mean, what's an O'Reilly? It's an auto parts store. Is it, is it Archie, Archie Mitchell all drunk? Oh, he's being an O'Reilly again. On Patty's Day, I'm Archie O'Reilly. Yeah, that's coming up. <laughs> If you smell what the O'Reilly's cooking. Oh, good Lord. Well, wow. speaking of speaking of people that don't know what they're doing, up next we got the public enemy. And they are, I just put public enemy walking and talking, walking and talking. And they're still walking and talking. Were they in the arena? Were they in a warehouse? Where the fuck were they? Um, I, From what, what, I, what I believe was they weren't like, they weren't too far away from the studio mm-hmm. and the studio wasn't at the arena. It was like in a suburb. Is it the same studio as when Gilbert was there? Like, were they still working out of the same studio? I, no, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think that's when Paul, I mean, because you know, Paul would, or, or Paul slash Eddie, I don't know, mm-hmm. would burn bridges with different companies over, I'm not paying their bills. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's why. That's why. Like when they were like, remember the Valley Forge shows? Yes. Like they they had the best place you could possibly imagine, but it's not for free, right? (laughs) You can't just squat in a. You know what I mean? (laughs) They had twenty six wrestlers squatting in an arena. Somebody's going to find out. They're gonna take. They're just gonna take over a TV studio. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. But yeah, I mean, and and the TV suffered because you could totally tell there wasn't anything in the can, right? You could totally tell that. Yes, yes. This is this is the other than like two things on this show. This is absolutely, you know, this is what's left. We have a show coming up Saturday, and this is what we have left from the last taping we did. And that's a shame. Public Enemy, in this thing, they find Hack Myers. Half-shirt Hack. What's that? I I decided in this thing, he's half-shirt Hack. Half-shirt Hack. (laughs) Hack's the best. I didn't understand. I mean, I understand that they're picking Hack Myers to be their partner, but was Hack supposed to be high? I mean, what was the... Anybody know what the hell's going on here? Like I think it was. I I mean I I actually don't know, but because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't there when he did it because I never saw it before, and I thought he was supposed to be like homeless, you know, just yeah. like 
downtrodden, but hasn't Hack already been on TV? <laughs> yes, that's why that's why I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, hey, are they just wanting us to forget that we've already seen this cat on TV like four times? Yeah, and just, you know, and, and and he don't even can't even speak for himself. He can shake his head, yes, no, mm-hmm. and I was just like, all right, I, enough. I don't even know. I I mean, I'm not even sure that. Uh, yeah, I, I I even wrote as Hack drunk. Is he supposed yeah, to be so that, drunk? Exactly. Like I said, I could not. I could not figure out what they were. I think he was what? supposed to be homeless, and he was on Ripple, and they just found him. And he was on Ripple. Yeah, he's drunk on Ripple, and he's now part of the public enemy because he's big and fat, and his uh, shirt, uh, the the shirt Johnny had, fit him. So they were like, "All right, you're a, you're part of the public enemy now." Just. Wow. Well then, there, then there you go. That's what. That's the kind of thing you get for them kind of people that like that kind of shit. That's the kind of thing people's fucking like. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I mean, I I kind of I kind of watched it. And I kind of cringe because, I mean, you know, I, I was friends with Hack, and I <laughs> I, did, I was just kind of like, wow, you're, you're just now coming in, you know, you know, you've had a couple of you know a couple of things, you know, before this and. All right, man. Good luck, buddy. You know, kind of pat him on the shoulder. Yeah, it's like well, you've you've gone from getting to work with Terry Funk to this garbage. Yeah, I don't think, know. you know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is. I work with Terry Funk again, though. So right, true, true. The um the the so essentially, like Aaron said, they they essentially made Hack a a member for the night of Public Enemy. Because later on, they're going to face the Funk Brothers and Tommy Dreamer in a six-man match, and we'll get to that soon. Uh, but I will say this. Well, they certainly didn't look too far. <laughs> like, they, they, they didn't go out and look far and wide. No, no. If, no. if, if they would have just pretty much walked past half, they would have probably seen me and Donnie sitting there. Or Joe Hartgood and Dino Sendoff, you know? Yeah. Wolf they would have well. Wolfman was way gone at this point. No, yeah, but, but they they would they would have seen like seven or eight other competent um, competitors for the same exact spot. But no, they didn't. They chose Hack. <laughs> yeah, they went right there, and, and like that that to me, like I, I I've got to be honest because um I I know I know what I could do. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I know, I know how good of an actor I could be, and if you put me in a certain situation, you put me in that same situation that Hack Myers was in. I would have, I would, I would have, you know, nailed it. I would have nailed it. All I had to do was pretend to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you would have gave me fifteen minutes, there wasn't going to be any acting involved, and it would have been so much more convincing. Yes. Because I am drunk. What's the matter with you people? The uh, my wife Hack usually didn't drink I, either. Usually, when I watch these shows, my wife sits there, you know, on her phone or whatever. She never says anything. She doesn't look up. She's not a wrestling fan. When this thing was on, she was she looked up in the screen and went, "What the fuck is going on? These guys' voices." Yeah, I'm like, yeah, they're fucking. <laughs> yeah, it was, dude. I mean, I don't know. They. they they got they got a long way to go before this stuff gets any fucking halfway decent. <laughs> and before it gets any halfway decent. Any any even even a quarter of the way decent. Half of halfway decent. 
Um, if it can start the car on the way to Decentville. It's pretty much what you guys just said. I just wrote, like, whatever the – this is fucking brutal. Like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <it's fucking laughs> this brutal. is brutal. Like, and it's almost torture to watch it. Very low rent. <laughs> we get a promo next from Shane Douglas, the ECW champion, and Mr. Hughes. Um, they show us some highlights of Mr. Hughes giving people uh, the spike slam and et cetera, et cetera, talking about being Shane's protection. Um Shane cuts a, a pretty good promo here talking about Rick or Bret Hart inviting Bret Hart to come face him and Bret Hart won't ask, answer his challenge. Rick Flair come face me. He won't answer the challenge. He says he saw Sherry on TV with Bob Barker. But no, it wasn't Bob Barker. It was Rick Flair's old piece of shit ass. I like the Bob Barker line. I thought it was, it was and it was it was funny and he said that um basically he didn't even say it was old piece. He said that uh, it was Ric Flair that dried up old piece of shit. What he, said. he said it. Yeah, he was like seventy-two year old Bob, Bob Barker. Barker. I'm like Bob Barker. <laughs> I, I would have called him Bob Eubanks. <laughs> or who's the guy? Who's the guy that, that had the that Bob uh, Newhart? Bob Newhart. <laughs> call, call him Bob Newhart. <laughs> His show was on before all of them. Or he could have called himself uh, Bob Armstrong. Because <laughs> he, he was around before everybody was. He invented dirt, I think. <laughs> He's the, the officially the oldest Bob. <laughs> Bob Armstrong? Oh, he has to be, right? There's no doubt. Bob Armstrong has to be the oldest Bob in the world. I mean, living, not living, he had to have lived the longest life as a Bob. And isn't he one of, he's one of those guys too that to me always looked old. Well, he was like, supposed to. And he did kind of crush his face. So, I mean, that happened. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't I mean, it, I don't know, Aaron. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying. I mean, just because you had a bunch of weights smashed on your face. It doesn't age you. It would age me. I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, I'm eighty now. It doesn't. It doesn't age you the way all of a sudden you got wrinkles and bifocals. Like he, he's out there parking in, in, in special spots. I don't. I don't think so. It, it was fuck me up. Well, after after Shane's promo, we get a promo of a different kind. As, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Aaron. Sorry. Don't forget the that Mr. Hughes is calling nine one one not to get in his face. I mean, he's not wanting to see that fucking match. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I mean, don't forget. Yeah, don't forget that. Everybody wants to see that one. Oof. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to not see that one. I mean, can, can you imagine? Seriously, honestly, what do you think was going through like Paul's like head when he's going in post production, going? We're gonna to put together like a, a graphics package for that that match. Oh, people are gonna to want to see this, and and somebody had to have been. There had to have been a guy like me. He said nobody wants to see nobody, this. Nobody wants to see this. No, I mean, I mean, for God, for Pete's sake, even for thirty seconds, no one wants to see this. Like I can think of a whole bunch of them little like things. For God's sake, for Pete's sake, oh, Pete's Christ, oh no. You know, you heaven's know, the Betsy. Heaven's the Betsy. Yeah, heaven's um, the murder. What's train. the matter with you? Um, d- didn't you learn anything? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. 
<laughs> you can throw all them out there, but no, no. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, it's the same principle as when Vince McMahon was like, you know, we need at WrestleMania an injured Undertaker versus an over the hill King Kong Bundy. That's what we need at WrestleMania. It's kind of the same principle. You think? Well, I didn't see a problem with that at all. I I thought that's exactly what the WrestleMania needed. Looks good on paper, maybe to have two giants or what have you, or what you require as your call your giants, but not giants. They were behemoths. Behemoths. Yeah. Come on. The uh, the next thing here is Chad Austin comes to the ring and cuts a promo on the ECW Arena crowd. And we'll go into that in detail. But Chad was did they have a plan at this point? I know that's a silly question. You're probably gonna be like, no, they didn't have a fucking plan. But did they have a plan? Was Paulie telling you something? Is this going somewhere? No, they Paul Paul had a plan. That's without a doubt. But he didn't tell me anything. Mm. Because if, if if he would have told if he would have told me anything, then the next couple of months probably would have never have happened. Okay, um, you know because well, you can't you can't call Paul. Mm-hmm. You call his house, you get some you get you get Maddie answering the phone, who pretends like he's the mystery house guest, <laughs> and and then you get like you know you get Paul pretending like it's not Paul. You know what I mean? So weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just the whole thing, like, because I don't know what. What do you want me to do? Is it? Is it? A, I mean, is it okay for me to take other booking? You know? Mm-hmm. Can I work for somebody else because you're only running what maybe three shows a month? Yeah, not even. Um, not even the arena. Just Montgomeryville a spot show. The you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So is it fair that I don't work? Or is it okay if I do work? And apparently, at the time, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world that I did work. <laughs> but, I mean, but it came back to benefit me for, you know, a little while, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're, you're right, though, because they would run, <clears throat> what, like you said, a spot show. They'd do TV taping the, at the arena, and they'd have one of the big shows at the arena. Maybe another spot show. So yeah, you're talking three or only three or four dates per month. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and that's that kind of sucked because you know a lot of talent just didn't want to commit when they could work. I don't know. I oh, that was good. Uh, when you could work a different schedule and work like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, like like Coronan, <laughs> like him. You know, mm-hmm. he could work a whole, he could work the whole rest of the week. Well, and I guess I don't understand why, why would, if, as long as you show up for his shows, why would he care if you were working somewhere else? I know, I that's, I that's the reason why I work somewhere else. <laughs> because I figure if I just show up not being booked, I mean, I didn't see my name on the screen. I didn't see mm-hmm. my name being advertised. He never called me and booked me for the show, right? Right. So if I took a booking somewhere else, why would I feel bad about I missed an ECW show? And why would I think I would get any heat over it? You know, but I I guess, I guess, I guess loyalty, I don't know, whatever, dude. (laughs) I mean, 
yeah, loyalty over royalties, I guess. I don't know. Aaron, you want to run down this segment for us with uh, Chad in the ring? Well, Chad come, uh, calls, ah, sorry. Chad comes out, he calls Sabu a circus freak, then talks about the insiders in the arena. Um, then, he got, then he called them scumbags. Was that something you decided to call them, or did Pauly say go out there and call them scumbags? No, that was that was a that was a hundred Paul because I would have. I don't. I don't even know what I would have called them. I, <laughs> I probably would have called them ham bones. And then Paul and Paul would have just said, "I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about." <laughs> and I just said, "Dude, they're ham bones. They're just fucking slices of the meat." <laughs> I mean, if I would have known then what I know now, I would have said, every single one of you fat people look like Archie Mitchell. <laughs> look at you. Nuclear heat. Yes. They were. They, they would have rioted. Then Chad, uh, the Rock and Rebel comes out. Um, Chad continues to call everyone scumbags, and then he lays down and allows the Rock and Rebel to pin him one, two, three, and then they recap that. They do a replay of Chad laying down for Rebel and getting pinned one, two, three. I don't I don't think that I had reached puberty yet if you listen to my promo. <laughs> I'm like screaming, Yeah, I'm gonna give you a present. <laughs> I'm just like, oh good lord. <laughs> you can clearly tell it's one of the first four times I probably ever used a microphone before, right? I like the added touch of when when you laid down for Rebel. And he hit, he gets on top and he puts the fist up and you're like no 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 you don't need to do that <laughs> like just like you don't need to punch me in the face it's this is fine a trick. yeah this isn't a trick oh see I don't that yeah that was just that that just came because I didn't trust Rebel I figured Rebel would have done that would have punched me in the face <laughs> like just just you know I figured he at least would have gave me a big slap right <laughs> and I'm thinking like well, that's that's not what this angle is. Like we're we're not going anywhere with this, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's no reason for me to take any kind of physical abuse. No, this is, not this going anywhere anyway. Not, not, not when I'm being vulnerable to you, and I'm laying here with my body wide open. I'm gonna allow you just to like just backhand me. But that was the Chad Austin segment on this show, um, the heel turn, if you will. And up next we have. A woman and Sandman promo talking more about Tommy Cairo and Aaron. Anything on this one? I don't have a note on it. Just Not more, really. more, more of the same. Pay your bill, Tommy Cairo. Ready for it to be done. Well, and they, they need to go to a fucking uh, an agency because going on TV every single week completely is not working to get Tommy Cairo to pay his bill. They need to go yeah, to no a, shit. <laughs> they, they need to go to a debt collector. And like seriously, Tommy, th- this is your final notice. We'll even we'll even make a settlement. <laughs> yeah, at this point, we're gonna have to repossess your car. Oh, good lord! Why would you do that? In. Why would you do that to the fucking repo company? You have to repossess your Datsun that you're living in. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not really doing anybody any favors. Up next, we get a good promo from Paul E. sitting out back of the ECW arena with the wind blowing through his hair, talking about the match coming up between San- Sabu and Shane Douglas at Heat Wave. And, of course, it's a good Paul E. promo. Um, they're never bad. But he is essentially saying the same thing that he said last week and the week before. Yeah, it was pretty good, man. That was mm-hmm. a pretty good promo. Which leads me to believe, because where it was at, 
that he he had the opportunity to, to do as many as he wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was right there behind us, right, right out back in the studio. Mm-hmm. Right there. The And oh, now we hit to the main event, unless you had anything else on Paulie, Aaron. Nope, just it was the typical good Paula Heyman promo. Now we get to our main event, six-man match. It is the public enemy and Hack Myers. What did the they hopeless, call him? The Hopeless Hoodie. The helpless, helpless hoodie. The helpless hoodie. The helpless hoodie. Hack against Tommy Dreamer, Dory, and Terry Funk. All right. Well, it's it's Chad Chad Austin Demira at <laughs> well, I don't know what it is Yahoo Twitter whatever the fuck. There there's no chance of spending a whole lot of time on this. There's n- not none. None the, whatsoever. I'm doing this. The 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 only note that I have from the match before all the shit starts after the match is all right, folks. For those of you that haven't seen it, essentially the beginning of the match, the Public Enemy take out Dory Funk and Tommy Dreamer on the floor down the aisle. So now the three men have Terry Funk in the ring by himself. They've isolated him. Yeah, but they were they were late Dor- taking out their Dory Funk because Mother Nature had already taken him out months <laughs> and months before that. Like, like he, they're playing Terry Funk's music, and Terry Funk walked to the ring, started walking to the ring on Tuesday, and and then all of a sudden he's out in the middle of the ring, and then he's waiting for here comes my brother, and and Dory's is like. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Even, I, yeah. <laughs> he 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 lumbers, Dory lumbers to the ring very slowly. Dude. Joey Joey Styles says Dory is clearly visibly upset. It's like oh, he, says, yeah. he has no fucking idea what's going on. He looks like, like Burn Ganya in the nursing home. Like how 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 much would you give to live like I don't know, I would just say just say twelve hours. And Dory Funk's brain. Just to walk around with Dory Funk's mentality. <laughs> like, I, I'd love to know, what the fuck does this guy see? I thought you meant actually live in his brain. I'd have been like, ugh, it's all mushy in here. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> w- what's going on here? <laughs> like, you know, what what are you guys seeing? That, or what is he seeing? Because, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm still a fan. I, I still think a lot of his work was incredible, but I still think it just just takes, I don't know, what the hell, man? Oh, no, I'd, I'd never take anything away from Dory's ability, but we're talking about ECW in 1994. And at yes. this point, at this point, if we're isolating this t- moment in time, it's sad to watch. It comes lumbering out. You know, he's got he's got the little fucking as Aaron says, the little lemon head, the little curly cue up there. And and he just kinda like all he could do is like do the forearms. Forearms and headlocks. Yeah. He grabs a guy in a headlock and then gives him a forearm. Yeah. It's it's like, oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's Dory Funk Jr. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't believe that I didn't take the kids that I don't even have there to to, to show them. That's just a Dory Funk Jr. Hit that weak ass chair shot on Johnny Grunge. Wait, 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 put it on his head. 
Yeah, you could tell yeah. like the, the people wanted to be like the the boo, but there was like, ah, oh, fuck, it's Dory Funk, like. But it's just Dory shouldn't have came back for this. Well, they realized that Dory came a long way. <laughs> so I mean, no, I mean that seriously. He came, he came all the way from Florida, you know, or he he may have even been in Japan even before that. So he came a long way, and the fans were more than respectful for what. For what Dory was capable of doing, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Mm-hmm. And you know how long it takes to get from Florida to Philly on a rascal? <laughs> oh, not no, I don't. <laughs> a very long time. Oh, it does. And there's <laughs> Marty all coaching him along. <laughs> Come on, Dory, you got this. <laughs> Jesus, it's one of the no. These four dudes or these six dudes brawl all over. The, or if you want to call it that. And then out of nowhere, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, I believe it was, he hit a DDT on Heck Myers on a chair. They showed it so briefly. I think it was a DDT. And um, pins Heck Myers to end the match. But this whole match was an intention to get pretty much the entire locker room out into the arena. They like to create these moments of chaos, which, like we've said before, at the time it was different. Um but Shane Douglas attacks Tommy Dreamer, and then pretty much the locker room empties to uh, to break them up. Joey says probably seven times here, the entire ECW locker room is out here. The entire ECW locker room is out here. Um, and then in the middle of all that, they try it, Chad. They really do. They get huh. what, they try to get you to want to see Mr. Hughes versus 911. Uh, did, I don't, did they try hard enough? They couldn't. How how, how would have you have done that? I mean, what what was it? It was basically just the two guys kind of bumping bumping into bump, each other, right? Bump, bumping bellies or whatever. Yeah. I mean, what what else could you have done? Not tried to get it done at all. I, honestly, <laughs> just like just don't even try it because it's gonna be god awful. I don't know if they have a match or not. I honestly don't remember. They have but to. If, if if they do, I can't wait to shit on that. <laughs> I don't think it's on TV. I think it's um oh, where was it at? Maybe Delaware? Um somewhere like that? Like a spot show? They did it like a dry run? The, the uh the something Aaron, something in Dover. Give me a D word for that for that that matchup. They're in Delaware. It's the it's dumpster the, fire of Dover. Yeah, the dumpster fire in Dover. Nine one one versus Hughes. Um Thankfully, Sabu comes out to save us from that and does some spots. And the best thing about this entire brawl is Terry Funk when he comes back in the ring. He's Bloody and he's, he's like, I, don't even know what he had. I don't even know what he had. I, I don't mean, either. Like, but... but what the fuck else did he have? He just had some shit. Looked like some <laughs> some like plywood with a, like, a paint project or something. I don't know. <laughs> he, 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 he was backstage doing some artwork. <laughs> Like you know, because it's the arena where everybody else does other work. <laughs> this is the this is the this is the drawings that we have Dory do to keep him sharp. Oh like, yeah! <laughs> oh, that was uh, that, did, did, <laughs> geez, always. Could you, could, could you imagine putting? Uh, 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 no, I'm just thinking like I'm trying to think like if you put a snail a, a pencil on a snail's mouth. I'm trying to tell him to draw you a picture, like if somebody assaulted you. Can you draw me a picture of the assailant? And, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, like after like, like two or three hours, the cops going, 
Seriously, can you draw me a picture of the assailant? And when did you start drawing with poop? When did that happen? What, Jesus. Yeah, what the hell's going on here? But we end it with Terry being Terry, like I said, in the ring. And then they they uh, show the brawl continue with all the ECW stars and run down the card for the 16th of July at Heat Wave. And that is how we go off the air for this week's edition of ECW. Overall, guys... I loved all the stars that came out to the ring for that thing. I saw like, Donnie. I saw Chad. Oh, yeah. I saw me. I saw Donnie. I saw um, a bunch of people that I was just like, oh, oh, I, I forgot he was there. I forgot he was there. I don't remember their names, but I, <laughs> I forgot, forgot they that, were there. Yeah. I forgot he was there. I forgot who he was. Yeah. <laughs> Good seeing you. Did you think, even though maybe it was a little flawed in some parts... What I can say is at the end of the show, I see the effort of them trying to get somewhere here, if that makes sense. Well, I believe, I, I mean, I don't, oh, that was, sorry for that. That was not what I thought of the show. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think we were going in this direction, like in previous episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we're starting to see something. We're starting to see a little bit of light. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing too is it's it's I think sometimes it's a matter of like let's say with uh, the Pitbulls and Taz, just as an example, they're trying to tell a story, but they're just maybe they don't have the right people paired up. They just haven't found their rhythm, and that's that you can see what Paulie's trying to do. And every week we we, we say it every week, and someday it's going to happen. Every week we get closer and closer to what we remember as ECW. But the effort is there. And again, like I said, sometimes it's a little misguided as to who you're using or who you have paired up with each other or what have you. But they're trying. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're using, you know, the best of what they got. And apparently I'm somehow on that list of the best of what they got. Don't don't ask me because it was it wasn't my intention because I believe me I had no intention of being an ECW like mainstay mm-hmm. after the first you know I don't know maybe year or so I had no intention because I was tired of getting my brains beat out man I don't blame you <laughs> yeah I mean and, and I'm not kidding it was getting your it was getting your brains beat out. Mm-hmm. The, the the new jacks the um i don't even know the eliminators the eliminators weren't that bad but you know it's still rough mm-hmm. all that shit's rough man and then you know salmon and I, I do i ain't that guy you know right i can't even fucking i, I can't even beat my i i even can't beat up my wife cuz she she just said she will fuck me up i, I can't even beat an egg Aaron, your final thoughts here before we sign off this week? Um, I do. Uh, I get that there's uh, like what you're saying about them trying to, to get places or whatever and do whatever they're doing, but they're doing the same thing too many times. They're telling yeah. part of the story too many. Like how many times is Sandman and, – and and mind you, this time Cairo came out and actually got like his – he got Sandman this time, but he fucking got attacked like 27 times. Yeah. <laughs> How many times are the pit bulls going to attack Taz? How many times? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like the stories are too repetitive, and it's like the story. These guys got to watch their backs. 
like this storyline that's gone three months could have got down a month and a half. And I know I like things like in wrestling now, it shit happens too quick or whatever. But similar, like I feel like Tommy Cairo and Sandman have been feuding since Cabrini. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> Cabrini. What is that like? Is that an era? <laughs> Yeah, I think they actually. I think you're right because I think they broke up their tag team at Cabrini. Wasn't that with the big surfboard and shit? I mean, I don't, I don't remember now, but I think they did. Yeah, yeah. Good, no, if, if, it, that's, that's, if, if it's not Cabrini, it's right after it. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> so that you're not, other, you're not that, that far place? off, Aaron. <laughs> Jesus, Sam, man, enough with this. All right, Larry Winters, what? <laughs> Like Larry Winters pulled these guys apart once. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just gotta go. Yeah, you know. But I mean, when when Todd Gordon, like when when all hell breaks loose, right? Yeah. And Todd Gordon goes back into the locker room and he's yelling, "Quick, quick! We need somebody. We need somebody to help bring us up." Hey, hey, Larry Winters. Hey, Larry Winters. Have you seen DC Drake? Yeah. No. Okay, well then, can you go do this? Can you get out there? When, uh, I'm looking for Donnie Allen. Donnie Allen. When Jay Sully, when Jay Sully and Stevie Wonderful called called your first altercation, it's a fucking. It's time to put it to bed. <laughs> We're done. I had forgotten about Stevie Wonderful. <laughs> oh no, nobody can forget about. It. I, I, I got a tattoo of him. Well, everybody, that is it for this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. I want to thank you for joining us. And like I said, next time around, we will be discussing Heat Wave 1994, Chad Austin versus Mikey Whipwreck, Shane Douglas versus Sabu, the Funks versus the Public Enemy in a barbed wire match. Can't wait to see Dory in that one. And for that matter, we will see you next week, everybody, as we continue reliving the extreme. Have a great week. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Maxin Out Media, all rights reserved.